0: in some of the circles that uh, I I guess I've uh, interacted with over recent years, I've often come across people who are quite cynical or quite hardened towards Christianity these days. And my experience is that a lot of people reject the Christian faith or reject Christianity or, or reject the church, not from a, a lack of evidence, but they would kind of say, that the Christians that they have interacted with, that they have worked with or engaged in the community, have often been mean-spirited or harsh or even judgmental. And my guess is that if they actually saw more kindness, more humility and patience and more gentleness... And especially some more compassion from those of us who say we follow Jesus. And maybe Jesus would be a little easier for many of them to accept. Don't you think the place would be, a, the world would be a better place if more people were attracted to Jesus, if we showed more compassion? It's one, it's why, one of the primary values that we have as a church here of Dural is unleashing compassion. You know, there are 600 million children living in extreme poverty worldwide right now. And extreme poverty is described as those living on less than $2 per day. And because of the number of kids living in extreme poverty, poverty, the next stat is heartbreaking that every day 18,000 children die from poverty or poverty related issues 18,000 and all they needed was basic food clean water shelter or medical care We need to have a big vision because we've got a big God. So what can we do? How can we do more? And it isn't just about investing money. It's actually about investing our hearts. Asking God, what do you want to say to me? Uh, Maybe God, can open our eyes to new things. Maybe God can lead us into some kind of action. Maybe God can lead us to sponsor a child or support one of the mission partners we've been looking at over this past month or supporting one of the projects that we're planning to launch soon as part of the center. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm sure if that we all prayed, God, what do you want to say to me? some really great things would happen. Over the next couple of months, we'll be launching a couple of projects as a centre to enable us to specifically, with our community, support ways to show compassion and to relieve poverty in other parts of the world. And maybe God would also have some of us even visit some of those poorer nations and communities through a short-term mission trip. Because I'd certainly encourage that. Because such trips can be life-changing. As many of you know, one of our own daughters and her husband have been serving communities like that for the last 12 years in the highlands of Papua New Guinea in a medical centre. And that emerged for her out of a mission trip she did as a teenager to Africa. Africa. And there's no doubt that for me personally over the years that I've had unexpected opportunities to visit places like Calcutta and Bangladesh and Cambodia and Vietnam and Thailand and Malawi and Papua New Guinea and our outback indigenous people and so on. And have been able to see much of that firsthand and those places and those trips have significantly changed me and developed a very different heart within me than I had before. So how do we understand compassion? What does it mean to be compassionate? Sympathy is I understand how you feel. I've been there, so sad. Empathy is about putting myself in another person's position and understanding that position. Compassion in most dictionaries says something like this, a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. But Jesus takes it further and he shows us concrete examples through his own life what compassion really looks like. For Jesus, it isn't just having a desire to alleviate pain and suffering and distress. But compassion for Jesus takes another step. It does something. That's what compassion does. It actually leads to action. And When the New Testament says that Jesus had compassion, it literally means his bowels inside were yearning. You can put your own words to that. He was physically moved. And it led him to do something. And there is nothing worse than being deeply moved and convicted of something and then doing nothing. And even when we're unable to do other things, we can always pray. And Jesus also showed that compassion isn't only towards those from a distance, but from those with whom we engage in everyday life in the here and now. You only have to look around to see the people in need. And it isn't always to do with person's economic circumstances. When you see the loneliness, and the depression and the sadness and the grief and the strained relationships and so on with people that live right around us and among us. In Matthew 9 verses 35 to 36, we find that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness and when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd you see compassion was an aspect of Jesus' character and he continually showed a living compassion for people around him the woman at the well The woman caught in adultery, Zacchaeus, the helpless, the harassed, the sick, the blind, the possessed, the hungry, those who were seeking forgiveness, those who were lost spiritually. You see, the lifestyle of Jesus was one of compassion. And it wasn't something he only did when he thought others were looking. It was part of who he was and it was part of the mission he came to complete. And Jesus lived out his compassion in practical ways that made a difference in the lives of people. And he showed his compassion to people who needed it and when they needed it the most. So what does compassion actually do? What's it look like for us to be a compassionate community here in Jura? Because showing compassion towards someone can be quite time-consuming. It can be expensive. It isn't always easy. And we may feel at times that the people to whom we're showing compassion don't really deserve it. You see, compassion firstly provides those who are in need with what they need. You see, Jesus was attentive to people. As he was going through the towns and the villages preaching and teaching and healing, he was looking at the crowds and he could see how they were harassed and they were tormented and they were helpless and he recognised what they needed. And that challenges us because there are times that we can get so narrowly focused on our tasks and finishing those tasks that finishing that becomes more important than the people around us. That our eyes and our vision become so narrow. We don't see beyond just that narrow focus. We fail often to see the needs and how we might actually minister and speak into people's needs. And people matter more than the tasks than we're actually doing. The passage in Matthew 25 which we read where Jesus speaks of the separation of the sheep and the goats of the coming kingdom, we notice that that those who inherit the kingdom did something for the least, knowing that these people would never be able to repay them. They didn't loan, they gave. So what does it mean, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me? The least of these does include societies poor and downtrodden and by implication, Jesus would have us to approach or support any approach that seeks to meet and help hurting people. These are people who will never be able to repay us in return. But the least of these also refers to others even within our own neighbourhoods, in our own communities and even in our own church. and those who need support for their ministries. Jesus did it for the least of these when he healed the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8. This woman was definitely the least of these. He was in no way repaying the favour. No one would have even noticed it. They would have just ignored it, but he didn't. In Mark 1, 40 to 42, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, and if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was indignant and he said, sorry, he reached out his hand and he touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleaned. And this man was unclean because of his illness, but it didn't bother Jesus. He was prepared to touch him. And to still make him clean. I recall in my early days of ministry. When we were ministering in um, Broken Hill. And I recall some of the houses that we visited there. This was even in the late 70s and early 1980s. There were still houses there that had dirt floors. And inside... Uh, walls were Hessian and so the men of the church got together once a month and we concreted I don't know how many houses the floors but I remember going into some homes and one home was particularly reminds I think Judy was with me at the time where if you wanted a cup of coffee or a meal well, you had to get the dish out of the sink with all kinds of things running over them and rinse it. When they offer you a coffee, that was the only instrument that they would use or have. But being prepared to actually accept and drink from that cup. And to do it without being judgmental. Because you've no idea of traumas that some of those people have been through. Or the mental illnesses that some of them suffer. Or the lack of model or example that anyone had ever given them before. Sometimes it's just being there for someone when they need help. Galatians 6.8 states that we should carry each other's burdens compassion also takes something which we often have very little of and that's time we're all familiar with the story of the good Samaritan there in Luke 10 but sometimes we miss one of the points of the story in verse 33, we're told that but a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and he banished up his wounds, pouring, out, pouring oil and wine on them. And he took them on his own beast and brought him to the inn and took care of him. You see, this Samaritan took time to stay with him and to tend his wounds. He took time out of his busy life to do it himself for a total stranger. Too often we are so busy that every minute of the day some of it I think is fairly wasted. But giving of that time to do for others can often be a sacrifice, a big sacrifice. But often to show comparison is what's required. Jesus also took time to look at people and what was happening around them. You see, too often we are so involved in our ministries and in a hurry to ensure that we get our program or our activities or our Bible study finished that we forget why we're there. That isn't to say that those things aren't important. They are. But we can become so concerned (coughs) about getting everything completed and running smoothly that we have no time left to actually to listen and to look so that we might hear and see what is happening in people's lives around us. And we forget the point of our study, Bible study. We forget the point of our ministries and activities and our programs. And there are often people hurting all around us if we would look and listen. And yet when Jesus saw people, he was filled with compassion for them. In Luke eight forty nine to 56, he shows compassion and takes time to actually go to this sick or dying child's house. He could have done it from afar, but no, he took the time to go. Jesus had all kinds of people seeking his attention and making demands upon his life. There are many things that were for him to do, but he always found time to respond to individuals and their needs. Compassion may often take the second thing, which we often have little of, and that's money. Going back to the story of the Good Samaritan, we read in verse 35 that on the day that he took two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I'll repay you. He spent his own money on a total stranger because he needed it. I wonder whether we'd be prepared to do the same. A Roman soldier under the rule of Emperor Augustus around that period of time was paid around about 225 denaria per year. That's roughly about four denaria a week. The Samaritan, in other words, gave half a week's salary to put up this stranger in a hotel. And what generosity... This Samaritan showed towards someone that was not only a stranger, but who would have been seen as a foreigner, even an enemy. What would happen tomorrow, the future? He had compassion no matter what the future held. He saw this man had need now and he gave. and be reminded that this Samaritan had no way of being repaid. He was wanting to be generous to this man's need. And compassion sometimes includes those that we think may not deserve it. When we see someone who needs help, we often wonder why they need help. We wonder why or how did they get themselves into these particular circumstances. Wonder if they deserve it. Is it any of my business? In John chapter 8 verses 1 to 11, when a woman was caught in the act of adultery, she's brought before Jesus and the Pharisees asked him what he thought should be done for her, to, with her. Because according to the law, she was, should be put to death. Deuteronomy 22, 22 says that if a man be found lying, with a woman married to a husband, and they both of them should die. And Jesus didn't deny her guilt, but instead he had compassion, and he makes the statement, "He who has sin cast the first stone." Because they all walked away, unable to throw a stone, for everybody had sin. And when they all left, she was left standing before Jesus himself. And he asked her where her accusers were. They're gone, Lord, she replied. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. (coughs) This woman didn't need to be condemned. Grace and mercy is a great way to show you care. Jesus has provided us with that same compassion. For even though we're guilty, all the time through our sin, Psalm fifty-one, verse one: "Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions." And he has blotted out our sins by his compassion. Thanks be to God. And he's waiting to have compassion on us and he wants to help us. Isaiah thirty eighteen says, Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him. You see, he's eager to have compassion on us and to forgive us our sins. All he requires is that we seek after him. We don't deserve his love and his grace and his mercy and his compassion, but he gives it freely. And likewise, we too need to offer grace and mercy and compassion to others, whether they deserve it or not. And lastly, compassion isn't easy. In Matthew 19, 16 and 22, we read there the story of that rich young ruler. He lived a good life, a very righteous kind of life, and he came to Jesus. And this rich young man, man had, a, had a need. He wanted to know what he needed to enter heaven. And Jesus provided the answer for what he needed to do, that he might understand that for him, what he needed to be able to come into the kingdom of God. And yet sadly, he walks away. And friends, that might be our experience from time to time. There will be times when we'll be heartbroken, distressed, sad, we might invest an enormous amount of time and money. We might give our hearts to others and every opportunity to help people turn their lives around and yet they will disappoint us. I See the work of the men's shed guys who work with the white lion boys and how they invest in the lives of those Troubled young guys. Some of those lives will be changed, but the heartbreaking is that some of them won't. Andrew's story last week about some of the ministry that they've had with through the young lads that have been caught up in the courts. A similar story. I know over the years, Virginia and I, some of the children that we've sponsored overseas, some of them have great outcomes in the end and others not so. Or well, the foster 15 year old that we took into our home and invested all our time and money and everything else into her life and to walk out on it. It's heartbreaking. but it should not stop us from showing compassion to all. We need to understand that if we don't go out and show the world the love of God, then no one else is going to do it. By feeding some people a little weak, it will make an impact on people's lives. By acting on meeting people's needs, we can make a significant difference. There are some who won't respond to that. But by doing this, we show the love of God to people and we indicate that God cares and loves them. And we are to do it without our hidden agendas. And while we so much desire that people will come into a personal relationship with Jesus, our compassion is not unconditional that they do. We are to unleash compassion no matter the response from those for whom we care. Whether they be people within our own congregation or within our ministry programs or our neighbourhood or our city or elsewhere in our nation or anywhere else in the world. Let us show God's love and compassion towards all. When we see someone in need, let's do something about it. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to open our eyes and our ears that we might be attentive to those in need around us. Help us to look beyond ourselves and our own activities and all the tasks that we have before us that we might look upon those around us with compassion. And, Father, as you stir our hearts, as you stir our minds, as you stir our whole bodies, we pray that you will guide us in how we might act and minister to such people.